Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and although I've never listened to straight dog wrestling, I think you should. Have a nice day. Hey, this is George the Iceman, president of Destiny World Wrestling, and you're listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. Hey, this is Joey Maximum. You are listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. Hey, it's the Bubblegum Princess Alexi Nicole, and you're listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. Hey, this is the walking weapon Josh Alexander, the king of Canadian strong style, and you are listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Aiden Prince. You are listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. Wrestling fans, your host George Kime in the building. I'm here with my cohort in crime, Steve the Animal Mitchell. What's going on, Straight Talk Wrestling fans? What's going on at this? Episode number 73. We are taking a break from heated debates. Uh, we're going right back to uh, After Revival Part 2. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No Part 2 on After Revival. That was our previous episode, though. So don't forget to check it out on all our platforms. That was a pretty heated debate, that one, actually. Back yeah, and forth, no resolve. The Animal made a post, still talking smack about them after the episode. And keep in mind, I wasn't too, happy. Keep in mind, too, comment section, everybody. This was all before they won the tag belts, but at the same time, though, I after they won the tag belts, it's hilarious how they've literally done nothing with them ever since they won the tag belts. So that's that's pretty amazing. They're building. Your opinion? They're building. Yeah, they're they're building for Gargano and Ciampa to come in and beat them. Absolutely, <laughs> and I'm okay with that because that'll be another barn burner, much like they had in NXT. But I don't want to get into that. Exactly. I don't want to get into that. Let's get into today's episode. Today's episode, episode 73, we are going back in time. We are going to relive the epic event that was the Destiny World Wrestling five-year anniversary show, Carnage. Took place uh, late January. Um, The date is skipping me. January 28th, I want to say? January 21st. I I actually want to say January, yeah, 21st. 21st, there we go. January 21st was highlighting uh, their five-year anniversary show, they had some great uh, great events, great matches. We had Aiden Prince going to Tyler Bate. We had Pete Dunn going to Josh Alexander to finally figure out who the official Destiny, undisputed Destiny World Champion was. Because Josh was the interim because Pete had to step away due to injury. Uh, and there was just it was just lit up. We also saw the 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 creep in of the uh, of Black Claft Wrestling, which led to the ritual, which yeah. just happened Saturday, which I had the awesome, awesome Awesome. George Iceman, can I thank you again? I had the awesome, esteemed, uh, you know, graciousness to attend that event. And, man, was it a barn burner. But also in uh, Carnage, you had that six-man tag to find out the, uh, well, Mr. Destiny, right? Their version of Mr. Money in the Bank. Yeah, that was an an incredible lineup with uh, Lee Costa, uh, Ethan Page, Kobe Durst, uh, Channing Decker, who, of course, walked away with uh, the inaugural... Now he has uh, a full now, calendar he's got year. the case for the full calendar year to cash in and become the Destiny World Champion for a Destiny World Championship match. Um, we had Ryan Wright and we had ACH, which was just absolutely incredible. And it was actually um, it was actually Sunday, January twentieth, not the twenty first. Ah, the twentieth. But Thank we you. were one day off, so that's pretty sweet. We're pretty good. I actually said the twenty eighth at first. It shows you that my calendar sucks. Oh well, we were pretty close. One day off. Yeah, one day off. But there one was a, there was a lot of a lot of great matches that night. There was an awesome uh, like you know beginning of the night match uh, with uh, the tag team match there, which you saw in my reaction. If you go back to our Facebook page, it was all about it because it was such a sweet such a sweet finish. And then you had you had Desi Hit Squad there. You had just a lot of like a killer. As always, as Destiny does, they bring together such a killer lineup. It's hard to really remember because that night flew by in, in such an esteem. But also there was a lot of a lot of other things happening. You and I, as much as we wanted to take in the event and soak it in, being wrestling fans, we were working. Yeah, we were working. A lot of work going on. I don't. I don't mean we were working in terms of uh, you know the podcast stuff. We were. We were tweeting. We were taking video. We were doing all the stuff we usually do whenever we attend a Destiny event. We were promoting the crap out of them because they deserve it. I mean, they don't need help from us, but every little bit of promotion helps. Exactly. But we were we were working because uh, well, you had a big moment that night. Yeah, that was an incredible, incredible night. I'm very gracious for everything that Destiny 
asked of me to do that night. Um, I was I was given the uh, very prestige honor of being elected to perform the drums for both Josh Alexander and Pete Dunn to the ring to accompany them as uh, they made both of their entrances. And uh, George, he actually took that very same camera that is going on right now, Hello. Uh, pointed it at... You can't uh, see it, all of you, all our fans in the radio world can't see it, but it's here. It's beautiful, it's an icon. Exactly. It's pretty sweet. I pointed at it, but nobody could see it from the actual computer. I wait. Unless you're watching, I wait. Unless you watch it on YouTube, and you'll get to see that, and you'll watch it on Instagram, yes. and all kinds of stuff like that a little bit later on. There's going to be actually a full documentary I'm in the process right now of editing it all together. There was tons of footage, tons of things that were going on that night leading up to it and also the biggest part of it was that I had to keep it a very very big hush hush I had to keep it a huge secret um, there was only a very few elected people that were allowed in on this um, and it was just kind of one of those things that just it it, it, it it was brought to my attention about a month before um, specifically because of a, a, a clip that I literally just threw up in uh, my story on Instagram of it was like a five second clip a ten second clip of me playing Josh Alexander's theme on my drum set and uh, Destiny messaged me back and it was uh, the next day and we were just kind of getting the ball rolling it was about a month in advance that um, we were taking notice of this until uh, Destiny had to go back and and uh, basically have a, a little powwow a meeting amongst themselves to find out you know whether or not this was actually the thing that they wanted to do because quite frankly this has been kind of a, this was a brand new thing no one had ever really done this before the most that I'd ever seen had been uh, when you watch say like a Wrestlemania or Fozzie on Monday Night Raw or anything like that it's really just kind of a deal of they put they have a stage for you it's on the ramp but it's really all about the wrestlers it has nothing they show little clips of the band but other than that, it's really all about the wrestler and what's going on just to big up everything about that big fight feel. And that's the way that it really came off um, that night. It was a great idea, and, and we ran with it. And um, and then George filmed uh, the, the whole episodicness of the actual performance itself. Um, great footage, unbelievable. Like, great, great work on George's part of being able to capture everything about the actual my performance but also making it about everything that had to do with Josh and Pete Dunn specifically because of the fact that it was just such a I, I, I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it because of just how much of a high honor this truly was to get to perform for uh, the gentleman that is now going into he is now in like his 720th day as UK as NXT UK champion that being Pete Dunn and then of course Josh who was, that was, the, anybody who was anybody, no one needed to tell you the script. If you were a fan and you understood the business and you understood what was going on, you got it that it was a change of the guard that now NXT UK is NXT UK. They need their flagship bearer back. So he can't be in these two places being, um, for those of you who, did, who only knew Pete as the NXT UK champion, he had been, I think it was 557 days at that point. That he was, that, yeah. yeah, but was the Destiny World, the World Wrestling Champion at that point. So he was holding two belts at a combined total. It was about 1,100 days at that point because it was just over the 600-day mark for Pete for the for the NXT UK title at that point. Well, they so, were actually supposed to have this match back in November at the first pay per view, yes. but Josh or um, uh, Pete had to step away because he was injured. Yeah. So they brought Loki in, who absolutely killed it, and yep. then they threw Aiden Prince there for just an epic triple threat. But this actually changing the guard was supposed to happen back in November. Yes. But because of the injury, I had to hold on. And in much negotiation, graciousness for the WWE's part to say, yeah, we'll let him come out. Yeah. And again, like you said, you don't need to understand the script or understand the business, especially when it's being promoted as Pete Dunne's last independent fight. Yeah. So if it's his last independent fight, he can't retain. Now, the script could have gone off kilter where they could have had him retain, then retire the belt that night. And then they could have done something like a tournament. But why would you do that when you have a bona fide superstar in Josh Alexander Waiting the wings. Exactly. It's only logical that Josh would become the next guy. Exactly. So, I mean, when you have somebody waiting in the wings, there's no need to. But if they did want to do that, they could have done that. They could have They could have went with, like, a tournament, you know, to see. I would have actually wouldn't mind seeing Aiden Prince versus Josh Alexander in the finals of that tournament. That would have been one hell of a goddamn match. Right. Or even throw Decker and, and Josh in that. Like, that would have been, that actually, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting actually chills about that, just thinking about that. That would have been pretty sexy. Of what that would have been. Of what that would have been. They could have done a whole pay-per-view of just that night, like a King of the Ring type feel. You go, you fight, you move on, you go, you fight, you move on. You could have had three tiers. Would have been insane. Start with eight, work with four, final two. Right. I would have been all about it. Everyone would have had to wrestle twice that night. 
It would have right? been insane. And it would have been just the story of who can take out Pete Dunne, because literally it's been like a thing of like they built him as like what Asuka, what they were originally doing with Asuka's character. Now they have essentially done that with Pete, of just like, okay, we're going to keep this guy champion as long as we can and make him the flagship bearer of this entire company. Well, yeah, and also they had to they had to wait to really build up the crop of talent that they have in NXT. Exactly, and and in Destiny they were kind of self they were kind of they were kind of building with all those guys too. Well, think of the guys that have held the Destiny belt. I mean, like we've been we've been we've been pumping Destiny since uh, we interviewed Iceman back last October. Yeah, exactly. But think about the guys who have held the belt. Ray Mysterio Jr. Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. Ricochet. Yeah. Pete Dunne. Uh, Josh Alexander. Uh, I believe Austin Aries even held it for a Yeah, I think Austin Aries actually held it for a little bit. Uh, Austin Aries. Like, they're, they're just a list While goes he up. was going and taking every other title and every other Great company. wrestler, just bad attitude, right? Shitty attitude. But, yeah. uh, you know what? Like, I don't even want to get into him. And but, stupid A-double name. But you, you, you think it, you're, thinking about, you're thinking about all the guys that literally have held this title. I mean... This title's got some some prestige, yeah. Some moxie, some uh, like a set of cojones to it, right? Like it's got it's got that feel that yeah, this is this is a major. When you come to Ontario, when you come to Canada, and you want to get recognized here or you want to get well rounded here, yeah, you go fight for destiny, yeah. And it's it's simple, it's cut and dry. Like yeah, they're building their own crop within. They have some amazing talent, yeah. But if you're if you're one of those guys that's kind of circling the indie scene. You want to if you're coming to Ontario, the only person you contact is George. And if you don't contact George, and you're an idiot. And straight up, they made it cool to be champion again. They made it like not this thing of and and same with NXT UK of keeping Pete the champion for as long as they kept him for the fact that they made it fun to see a champion again. That it's like a thing where it's just like when is this guy going to lose? And it's like that's that's really what it used to be. It used well, to be a thing of like you would see this guy go on like just ten year. Go on like this five year run of like Bruno, holy Bruno crap. San Martina. Yeah, or like you know, for like in even up to the Triple H time or John Cena or like these the time where it was just Shawn like, Michaels. Shawn Michaels, like any of the they, they they did it all the way up until the John Cena time where it was just like when is this guy gonna lose? Like how are you how is this guy how are you gonna beat this guy? It's but you gotta you gotta look at the Or Lesnar. Actually yeah. Lesnar oh. is probably the biggest the, Don't the, get me started on the, that guy. The biggest name in term in terms of that. Yeah, yeah. no, a lot of people hate him, but at the exact same time, it's he's, he's still got that moniker about him of just like who's gonna beat this guy? Like holy crap! Like I get it. Like you know, he, he goes in there, does a couple F fives and everything like that. But it's like you know, Brock always just brings that that huge. Like you just literally look at him, and it's still like that kind of thing in the he back. He doesn't bring it. Paul Heyman. He shows it. up. It's the it's the it's the same thing we we're talking about with the revival. It's the build. It's it's it's. The culmination in a Brock Lesnar match, that's where I'll shut the hell up about it. Totally. The culmination of Brock Lesnar match, every culmination sucks. All but, of them. But the build. Exactly. The, the build, I'll give you credit there. When that's, you watch him at the top the of the ramp matters. and jumping around and doing his big boy kitty shit. Still, still, like, still serious, doing the thing where, where the I pyro would be. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't want to fight that guy. Like, he would literally kick my ass, like, in two, in two seconds. I'd take a sledgehammer to his looks like that. <laughs> I'm a sledgehammer to his knees kind or of guy. A guy like, or a guy like Pete Dunne, where he's got like that really menacing-looking face on him that it's like, whatever, he's a small dude, but whatever, it doesn't matter. He just looks like he's going to kick your ass nine ways a Sunday. And it's like, that's the, that's what it, Destiny really did, because I kind of want to go back to that. Right. Really, like, let's, no, let's we, go back yeah, to we the were Destiny. Just, yeah, we were just talking about, yeah, we were just talking about, in, in the grand scheme of things, about the prestige that have held yeah. the title. And now we could say that we have a bona fide Canadian... Strong style champion. That they're going to run with for a while. They're going to run with for a while. And it was great. And it actually was amazing to to think about that night and the changing of the guard. The fact that we were in the house to see, you know, uh, all the struggles. Because if you went back and you listened to our profile of Josh Alexander that we did right before the Christmas break, we kind of broke down everything. We read the letter where he had to step away because he had a neck surgery. He wasn't even sure. But as usual, doctors... They don't know their heads from a hole in the ground. And yeah. one, one, you know, said to him, hey, you can't do it. One said, you can do it, but you're restricted. One said this, one said that. And then when he found out that he could actually do it, he wasn't sure how he was going to be welcomed back into the business. Because yeah. when you say your goodbyes, it's like your goodbyes. But it's like Daniel Bryan. I'm sure he had chills when he, he walked away. Well, he didn't really walk away. He became a GM, became a, a face, if you will. And then when he got off, when he got his brain oxygenated and everything kind of worked out that he could step back in the ring, he probably had a little bit of nerves like, it's been a year. Are they going to welcome me back? And I'm sure Josh went. Josh knows those feelings because Josh was there. But not only did we welcome him back, 
we didn't make him our Cinderella story. We didn't make him our face. He took that and he ran with it. He took that name. He became the forefront on his own right from hustling, grinding, fighting, great five-star caliber matches almost everywhere he went, just getting this build, this name. And then, you know, uh, him and Destiny, that was just a match made in heaven. It was just, it was a, it was the right guy at the right time for the right reasons. Yeah. And that's what makes it so special. And, and for us, it was great because we were able to sit down with him candidly, uh, two hours before that fight with Pete Dunn. Yeah. We only got 20 minutes. We're going to be playing that at the tail end of the episode. Yeah, and I won't get warn- to hear this, so you're going to get to hear exactly what George was just talking about. So be prepared for an amazingly, uh, an amazingly, not so much, it wasn't exactly, it was super emotional, but at the same time, you totally get the vibe of just how unbelievably difficult because Josh now he's in his headspace where he's at now, so it's very e- it was very easy for him to talk about it. But at the exact same time, you could feel every single bit of those feelings of him talking about really like you, when you get a chance to listen to this guy talk about the letter. Um, that's uh, I, I really hope you guys enjoy the crap out of every bit of that story because it's it's one for the ages. Yeah, we talked about the letter. We talked about the candidness of you know where he got to start his roots. The fact that he was, you know, a little bit of bullying took place when he was younger because he wasn't, you know, the the chiseled, you know, star figure that he is now, right? But yeah. he worked for it, he strived for it, and that he truly is a, a Cinderella story because this is a guy who you were never sure what was going to happen, and not only did it happen, but now it, it happened even bigger because uh, we were the first, and I will put a stamp on that, we were the first to break the news this past weekend that after the amazing event, the ritual, which happened on Fight TV, it's still available. On Fight TV, you can go back and check out the replay. Check it out. It's an incredible pay-per-view. Blackcraft and Destiny did so amazing putting everything together. All the matches were stellar. Uh, I caught one. of they, they put tattoo needles in Channing Decker's head. Flew out of his head. I caught one. I have it here. We took a picture. It's on our socials. So, um, yeah, honestly and truly, it was one hell of an epic pay-per-view that culminated in just an epic match. Uh, and at the end of this epic match between Josh Alexander and Simon Grimm for the Destiny title... Uh, off the air, Scott Moore, who's a VP for Impact Wrestling, came out and he offered Josh Alexander a three-year contract deal on the spot, which Josh has obviously graciously accepted. We tweeted that out. The clip's still on our Twitter feed, at underscore Straight Talks. You can go back and see the video. It's only about 17 minutes, but if you want to see the full video, it's on our Facebook page. But he went out, offered him a contract, and now Josh is not only representing Destiny, but he's representing Canada on Impact which is absolutely huge. And I can't wait to see, like, I mean, you're talking about it right now. I'm just getting chills, man. Think about it. The walking weapon, Josh Alexander versus Johnny Impact for the Impact Heavyweight Championship. Sign me up. Shut up. Take my money. I'm there. I cannot wait to see those two go at it because Josh is a ground and pounder and a dissector, almost a cerebral assassin, if you will, much like Triple H, the way he dissects the ring. Whereas, you know, Johnny Mundo has the high flying ability. Josh doesn't go to the top much. But Josh has speed, just like Johnny does. Yeah. So it's, it, it, I mean, that's a match that if Destiny's or if Impact Smart, they're already working on the logistics of how to set this build for this collision course that would just be epic to yeah. see. And I'm not saying that I want to see the title get taken away from Johnny right away, but the 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 promo packages, the stories that these two guys would tell, I mean, shut up and take my money. Seriously. It's incredible, and it just everything about that event, and just everything about what Destiny does. You got to think about it. Like the Don Koloff Arena is such an intimate venue. Fit three, four hundred people in there on a given night. That night they had five hundred plus people in that building. Some people bought tickets for standing room, and you got to really see what a well-organized, well-promoted, well-run indie company looks like. And that's what the Iceman and his staff do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't stop and and have two minutes with George. At one of his events, because he's literally all over the place. By the end of the night, he's sweating more than the wrestlers, because yeah. he's running everywhere, making sure everything's the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And yes, he does have some high high celebrity caliber coming to Canada. He's bringing big names here, which is amazing because we have a, such a well kept secret here that unless you come here to fight or you come here to watch the shows, you don't know about how we do it here in Canada. But how we do it is the way Destiny does it. And any other promotion, any other promotion that listens to us, any other wrestlers from any promotion, trust us when we say this because we know about the business. We know, well, yeah, we're not in it. We don't wrestle. But we know enough about it from the research that we've done, from running this show for a year and a half, from the contacts that we made, from how we've hustled to get where we are, and who we've interviewed in such a short span of time, 
Yeah. We know how to handle this business and we know how to look at this from a business perspective. Sometimes we mark out. I still believe I'm right about the revival and I'll never admit I'm wrong. <laughs> but sometimes we mark out. But sometimes we dissect and look at it from the business perspective. And the way George runs the company, the way he flagships that company, the way he puts the right guys in place, the way he pushes the right guys, George has a great wrestling mind. George has, and that comes from his promotional background, but he really has a fantastic wrestling mind. And I don't have no bones to say about it. And I'm not kissing his ass. I don't need to kiss his ass. He already knows all this. I'm just trying to educate anyone else that takes the time to listen to us about what Destiny's really about. And now that they're on Fight TV, they've got two pay-per-views under their belt, and both were amazing. Mm-hmm. Both from beginning match to end match. Both cards were epic. Yeah. There was not a slow spot in either of those pay-per-views. And the fact that they're on Fight TV and as affordable as they are, if you're not watching them, you're living under a rock. And that's the honest truth of the matter. The honest truth of the matter is, is that Destiny knows how to handle its business. And it handles its business very well. And then at the end of the night, when they're all said and done, they're all exhausted, they all go to Zets and they pig out like champions. Which they all should have the freaking right to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I know about this because a friend of ours called us at like, called George at like 2 in the morning to tell him like, Yo man, all the guys from Destiny, they're here at Zets right now. They're eating here. It's crazy, man. So yeah, we 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 guys. That's how we knew that you guys were at the the, the at, at Zets after you were done. Well, if you watch the Scott Demore clip, he actually says he says that at the end. He goes, you know, I don't come to Destiny shows for George to just buy me Zets. So <laughs> like, it's just a thing that they do. But the fact that's is, awesome. is that the, he knows how to handle the business. I mean, he's got such a, a, an epic talent and ring announcer in Alicia Altoot. She comes out as a special guest ring announcer. He's got you know Scott Demore. He's got Santino Morella on his broadcast team. He's got he's got everything just in the right positions in the right places to make it you know a success, to make it what it is. And what Destiny is is a very well run professional promotion. And we're gracious enough to 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 be acknowledged by George and to be given all the free reign that we've had. Yeah, we've really had a lot of free reign. We're we're, we're he he's told us on multiple occasions that we're part of the family, and that flatters us. That yep. flatters me because for being this in a year and a half and people understanding and respecting how much we love and appreciate this business yep. and how much we ourselves are trying to educate and spread the word about what we have here in Canada. And what we have here in Canada is some ridiculously top-notch talent. And I can't wait for Josh to make his debut on Impact because I know when he makes his debut on Impact... Everyone's going to finally wake up and see what the hell we've been talking about for the last six goddamn months. And it's really going to give people a reason to actually, because uh, quite frankly, it's like Im- Impact is impact is okay, uh, but it has a lot of duds. Uh, it, has a, it, has a lot of, uh, it has a lot of holes, if you will, of, uh, of quite frankly, uh, some people that should be going back to the indies that should not be there. Uh, I don't care to name any names because it is what No, it we're is. not here to call out but Impact. Like, we're not, not here to knock their not, product. I'm not here to knock the product. But what, I see just, what you're saying. I'm making the only thing I'm saying, they need more Josh Alexanders. That's they right, need yeah, exactly. more hard workers. They need more guys that are going to go in there. They're going to go kick your, They're going to go kick their own ass out of our expense, literally, to just give you the greatest show in the world, whatever we're looking at of how hard they're kicking their ass, they're getting their ass kicked way more in their internally, in their own mind. So as far as I'm concerned, that's um, but that's what I'm really looking forward to is for, for the fact of that is going to be, aside from Johnny Mundo, because Johnny Mundo is great, um, and then also at the exact same time, he needs a very worthy adversary. And uh, Moose... Moose Nation, Moose Nation's a great adversary. There's only a couple of adversaries. There were the adversaries that could actually make that for, for the top tier and, and hold the belt and actually make it really convincing and run with and run the company, um, help people really tune in. And I feel like Josh is going to be that guy to really help tune people in of the fact of whatever kind of punishment and everything that people see going on in NXT and in New Japan and the realism of what those guys are really bringing to the table to really just just that split second of even if you're a guy that knows that business really really well you're still wondering in your mind of how real that was because it sounded it looked everything about what they're doing and the little nuances josh alexander carries every single bit of that and i feel like that's going to be the, the difference maker of really what's going to draw a lot a lot more people what what they lost with woken matt hardy 
when the when the wokenness went away from Impact, I feel like that's all going to come back when uh, it, only in a, obviously in a completely different way because they're two completely different characters. But the fact that like that a, a lot more, I feel like uh, Josh is going to be that guy that's going to come in and he's going to bring a lot of viewership to, to a lot more viewership to Impact all over again. And, it, and 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 you know what? If it wasn't for the hardworking ability of Josh and the fact that you know the inspiring inspiring fans that he has behind him, you know, bromances like myself. Uh, and uh, his his wife, his sons, like I, you know, he goes out there and he works his ass off for his kids every day. And now he's finally got this contract. And a lot of people out there are super excited to see it. But you know, there are those few, those few, that are the naysayers. Yeah. Like like when when we broke the news on Twitter on uh, very late Saturday night, going into Sunday morning, we got a lot of positive tweets right off the bat. Got over four hundred likes, you know, one hundred twenty retweets, uh, twenty five thousand views on the video clip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's huge numbers. But a lot of the comments were very well received. Congratulations. Can't wait. A yeah. lot of them were ignorant fans who didn't take the time to research who he was. Just retweeted it and were like, I don't know who he is, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll watch it. I'll keep an eye out for it. It's yeah. like, cool. You know what? Do your research. Take the time while you're sitting on the toilet and Google. We all have our phones in the bathroom. It's no secret. Google who the hell he is. And when you see his numbers... You see his stats. You see what he brings to the table. When you watch his matches. When you watch his matches. Like, go back and, and pay. Pay the uh, phenomenal price that they have on Fight TV right now for these pay-per-views. And check him out. Check out what, what he brings to the table. Because what he brings to the table is literally everything we, we always preach about. He brings mic skills. He brings in-ring skills. He brings swagger, toughness, grit, style, heart. Everything and above. Josh Alexander is 150% the total fucking package. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything for those of you who haven't seen the match, but I'm just going to have to go ahead and kind of give you some incentive if you haven't seen it and for those of you who are listening who actually don't know who Josh even though we've been talking about it who still don't know who Josh Alexander really truly is. Go back and watch Pete Dunne versus Josh Alexander and watch the end of the match when they're telling this incredible story of Nobody's ever kicked out of the bitter end before. When Pete Dunn's finish is about as Pete Dunn's finish is about as held close to the chest as much as Roman Reigns' spear is. So as far as I'm wow. concerned, the bitter end no, and I'm not saying I'm not saying wow. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying it in the way that they need to do that because they need to show off that Pete Dunn is in unbeatable. If he hits you with that, it's like the RKO. It's over. Like that's it. I will give you. I will give you the RKO. I will that's give you the, the RKO. reason okay. why they build the bitter end up the way that it is. F five over. Like that's the way that it is. Unless you're building a guy that will kick out of once for the F five or like Roman Reigns like eight times. Nia Jax's Nia Jax's Samoan drop. All of it. Like protected, not, not over. <laughs> protected, not over. Protected protected finishers one oh one is Pete Dunn's bitter end is one of the most protected finishers. John Cena's F U or attitude adjustment, exactly. if you will. Yes. Okay, I get you. They right. don't want him to lose the belt, so therefore the reason to to keep him as big as he is is break the guy's fingers, give him the bitter end and it's over. And it's like that's the way Pete Dunn's always finished. Josh gets to not only kick out of the bitter end, but he also gets to sit there on his knees, ripping off his head guard and throwing it at Pete Dunne at the hardest that I've ever seen in my entire life. Anybody throw something at another human being. I thought he broke Pete Dunne's jaw from the way he literally hit him in the face with this defiant Josh Alexander that you cannot beat me and I will not be beat. And he just gets up and they go back at it again. And then Josh hits him with his finish, and it's over. And it's just like this this beautiful story that they told at the end of Josh, as much as people thought that he was a badass before, Pete really went out of his way to make Josh Alexander a badass out of the most badass of fashion. Well, he took, he took the, the badassery he to another level. He 100%. took his badassery to another level. Of the way that Josh was already a badass, he really took Josh's badassery to another level. So... That is who Josh Alexander is. He is a man that is the most badass motherfucker on this planet walking right now, aside from, you know, Pete Dunn and a very select few of badass motherfuckers that are walking yeah, around I, the circuit right I now. Put so. Josh, I put Josh in the category of, I, I, I want to say, uh, you know, a Johnny Impact. I put him in the category of a Seth Rollins. 
I put him in the category of, uh, if we're going to kick it old school, The Rock, Stone Cold. And again, we're not saying this to kiss his ass. We're saying this because no. we've seen it. And really want everybody to, to get, like, what we've seen. Like, this is really, like, a, a thing of, like, no, he is really going to be, like, for, for, for those who are a little bit skeptic of what he's going to do. Uh, my favorite was, uh, if you need any more piece of evidence, just go back and look at any of his posts from the day before. And the very first one is literally just a post of him saying, the hard work is done, or the, the hard work is literally just beginning. It's just starting. So whatever, he gets it. The fact that, like, whatever work I did, it means literally almost nothing compared to what it's going to be when I have to move to this next level. So he's already in his mindset of, and and same thing, tweet from his wife saying, I'd wish you the best of luck, and I'd say work hard, but I know that's just a daily thing for you. So just keep on doing what you're doing. I love you more than anything. Like, these are the... This is the kind of worker that Josh Alexander really is. He's, he's, he's really just, oh my God, he's such a blue-collar workhorse that just, I have no doubt, he's, I'm not trying to kiss his ass. I'm trying to tell you that he is one of, if not my favorite on this planet right now because of everything that that man represents. Yeah, he represents, he represents Canadian strong style. He represents grit, determination. Uh, he literally represents John Cena's moniker of never give up. One of the because, hardest workers on planet Earth right now. Because he you. is. He is 100% that. And, you know, don't fret, though. Don't worry. With him going to Impact, he'll still be representing Destiny. Unless yeah. the Impact schedule becomes too crazy and he has to focus more on that. But and if he does he have to, to focus more on that... And leave to go to the big company. Exactly. If he, has to, if he has to focus more on the Impact side of things, Destiny's in very good hands. Channing Decker. Aiden Prince. Enough said. Yeah, and speaking exactly. of Aiden Prince, episode 74, which drops next week, that one is my one-on-one sit-down with Aiden Prince right before the ritual pay-per-view that happened this past Saturday. So it was a great, epic conversation that we had with a great, another great up-and-coming Canadian talent, another great workhorse, a guy who's hustling every day. And then we're definitely getting a Channing Decker very soon. So a lot of things are going to be happening. But the fact is, is that we're going on record right now saying... That as much as Destiny gave Josh that platform to really shine and really show what he can do, Josh worked his ass off to get there. But it just goes to prove you that how great of an organization Destiny Wrestling is. And you gotta give you gotta give props where props is due. George the Iceman and his team there and what they do and how well they promote it and how well they've made indie wrestling and Canada relevant again. Not to say that it was never relevant, but they've taken it to that forefront where now we're top tier. We're right there with any of the other great indie wrestling promotions that are out there all over the world. Not just in Canada, all over the world. And yeah, okay, you know, it's our little bubble, it's our little it's our little thing that we want to represent, but we want to represent how great this company really is and how amazing they are for the talent they bring and how electric their fans are. When you're in that building with those 500 fans, you know, you're, you're elbow to elbow, you're tight to tight, the chance... The fact that every fan is literally into every match, and we've met some great, we've met some great fans there. We've met some people that are just as passionate about us that they get it, they get the business, they understand the ins and outs of it all. And kudos to George and his team and what they do. But trust me when I say Destiny Wrestling is the legitimate big dog in the yard when it comes to Canadian indie wrestling. There's nobody bigger than them, and that's kudos to George and his hustle and the stars that he brings in, but also how he promotes the talent within. He gives the guys, like, we're talking about Josh and Pete and the barber they had. We cannot forget about Tyler Bate also coming here for his final indie match. And he had a 25-minute barn burner with Aiden Prince. That yeah. match was that match was, was, was the undercard match of the night. But it, it, it would I want to say the story they told was just as great as the story Josh and, and Pete Dunn told. The stories were right there with how they moved, how fluid they were. And, and it's easy. You've said it a million times, Steve. I always give you credit for this quote. When you're in the ring with great dance partners, it's easy to tell a great story. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? With indie wrestling, there really isn't much of a build. There isn't really much promos. You have a couple things here and there, but it's literally just a culmination. Yeah, you know it's going to be a great match when you see these two people on a bill and you don't even care if they talk to each other. You just know that when they get in the ring, you know both of them as workers. You know exactly what they're capable of. You know what they're going to do. You've seen their matches long enough to kind of get their identities of who they are in the ring, their, their, their move sets and everything like that. It's just, it was that match made in heaven when I saw those two. And I actually I told Tyler at the end of the night, and, and, and Tyler, if you ever hear this, please understand that I meant no disrespect when I said this, that I wish that it had gone a little bit longer. And it was because I spoke to Tyler after, and he was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. 
but it was just like I really meant that as in I just wanted to see you two go at it that much longer because it was just so perfect. Like everything you were doing was just so I use the word scintillating very, very loosely, but this was that kind of crisp scintillating everything that they were doing was just so on point and it was really Tyler did every single bit of his job to go in there and and make and 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 and, and make Aiden Prince and bring up Prince City that much more and now he's just on another level of just like what he was before to getting that one match. And I already kind of knew that just going in of like, wow, he's going to rub shoulders with Tyler Bate. And now this is just, this is going to take this guy's name to the next level. Cause now people are going to see those clips and be like, he had a match with Tyler Bate. That's incredible. Oh my God. And then they're going to go see it and they're going to go see how crisp and tight and perfect. And it's like going to see, it's like going to see a band and literally there, you didn't hear one mistake. It was literally like, it was so perfect on every, every, every level. So, like, like I said, don't you know? Don't take our word for it. You don't have to listen to us. Go out there, and do your research for yourself. But if you want to hear Aiden Prince's thoughts on that match, you can hear yeah. it next week because I talked to him about that match. I also talked to him about the epic triple threat match that he had with Loki and Josh Alexander when they were trying to figure out who the interim Destiny World Champion was going to be. That was another barn burner. So do your research there. But we shit you not when we say this one statement: Josh Alexander is the real deal. This man is everything that you want in a wrestler and that little bit more. So, for, sincerely from the both of us, your host and the animal, I want to say, Josh, congratulations again. We know the hard work is just beginning, but we know you're going to take that brass ring and you are literally going to run with it because this is your destiny. Huh? Segway. There you go. Segway. That's right. Go. But we also want to give credit to George and how welcoming he's been to both of us and the opportunities that he's given us, the connections we've made through him through Destiny, and how well that organization is run. So please, support them, and and give them all the props and the kudos in the world, because they all damn well deserve it. You can check out both pay-per-views on Fight. That's F-I-T-E dot TV. And it's worth it. It is worth it, because you're going to sit there for two and a half to three hours, and you're just going to fall in love with wrestling all over again. It's gritty, it's raw, it's real, it's everything you want in a damn wrestling show. Forget the pizzazz, forget Brock Lesnar, Forget a fat, bald Paul Heyman walking out. Forget fucking Nia Jax. Forget any of that garbage. You want real wrestling? You want real kick-ass stories? You want great matches? Destiny is where it is at. And that's why we wanted to have this quick, wanted to have this episode to talk about them and all the great things they're doing and how great their product is becoming and how much more they're going to grow. They're going to outgrow that arena. I give it another three to six months before they literally outgrow the Don Koloff arena. They have to get bigger. Because if they don't get bigger, then what are you doing this for? They will get bigger. Yeah, because yeah. they know they have to get bigger. They're already outgrowing it. They're at the point now where they're selling standing room only tickets. Seriously. And those tickets sell out too. Yeah, it's freaking mind-blowing. It's crazy. So, and, and be sure to watch out for in the next uh, week for my documentary of, uh, the, the, of, of my performance in uh, the Destiny show from Carnage. Uh, it's going to be really awesome. Going to go through uh, the the entirety of the day. I didn't really have much opportunity at the beginning. I'm just a little bit of a disclaimer. Uh, didn't really have much of an opportunity to really do like the the whole intro of of your typical vlog that you would literally hear of like, hey, we're here at the Don Kolov Arena and blah 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 and any of that stuff. You're not going to get any of that because there was no time for it. It was literally get in, set up, find out what the hell is going on. I was literally, there was a lot of opportunity of not really knowing much of what re- what was really going on. It was a very loose-based uh, situation going on because there was a lot of attending going on to Josh and Pete. And it was a lot of revolving of the night around that. So it was, uh, it was a very, very, very scramble. It was a, a big scramble to make this happen. And also, I would like to, to shout out to every single one of uh, the helpers from uh, the Battle Arts Academy, from uh, the students at the Battle Arts Academy, um, Sway, who was actually on uh, Sway, Sway Archer that we, we had on the, the podcast uh, a week ago. Um, he, as a matter of fact, he was also one of the gentlemen that, that sincerely, he actually gave me the most help of all of the night. So I most I, I, I appreciate you guys so, so much for, for all of your help and everything that everybody did. There was at least 10 students that were grabbing gear and, and throwing things in the ring and helping and doing all the things that were, were to really run this and make this a, a really positively awesome machine. So um, thank you to everyone. Thank you to George. Thank you to Haran. Um, everybody at Destiny for, for helping to, to put this all together and making this happen. And it was a great night. It was a great night all around. It was a great it was great for me to see you. Your star shine very bright that night. Josh's star, Pete's star. It was just one hell of a, a well-rounded, kick-ass night. 
Yeah. And, and now. Bottom line, it was all about Josh. It was all about Pico. It was, but you, you still had your moment and, and don't take away from that at all. And now. We now proudly present our 20-minute, well, 23-minute, give or take, interview with Josh Alexander. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, the audio, not great. Very loud room that night. People were walking in and out of the room. We could only get him in a tucked-away corner. We did everything we could to salvage the audio. You can make out all of it. It's just, you know, there are some points where it dips and lows and this and that, and that's because we were live on location, and that's how we are here. We're straight up. We're raw. We're real. We're honest, and that's how we like to record our shows and, and bring our information to the world. So, again, thank you so much for listening as always. Enjoy the interview. Next week, my one-on-one sit-down with Aiden Prince drops. And don't forget about the week before where we uh, broke down the F the Revival episode, which was a great conversation between you and I. Really did really, really well conversation. And before that, we had uh, our we had our other uh, kick-ass interview with Sway Archer, Joy Maximum. Everything's available on all our platforms, which you hear the shout-outs at the end of the show. As always, guys, I am your host, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Steve the Animal Mitchell, everyone. And we will see you guys next week for the Aiden Prince interview. Peace. Peace. What's going on, wrestling fans? Your host with the most, George McKay. I'm here in the building with my cohort in crime, Steve the Animal Mitchell. What's going on, wrestling fans? What's going on is this. We have our second guest of the new year. Somebody we've been trying to get out. Schedules have conflicted. Things have kind of not moved right. But he's finally here with us to sit down candidly. I am, not to say stoked, but I have a little bromance going. He doesn't know about it, but I have a bromance going. I'm wearing a shirt. Mr. Josh Alexander, a.k.a. The Walking Weapon. Welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling. Thank you for having me. Thank uh, you we, are so, we are so honored to have you here. You are literally the face, as I call it, the face of Canadian Strong Style. You are so coming up so strong in the indie circuit, and we know you're just going to, your peak's not done. You're nowhere near your peak. We couldn't be more jacked to see where you're going to go after after uh, tonight. And tonight, actually, being that we are here live at the Don Koloff Arena at Carnage. And you are going to face Pete Dunn to find out who is the undisputed Destiny World Champion. Obviously, after this airs, we'll already have had, we'll already have had the answer to that question. But still, nonetheless, it's going to be a great match. And we know it's going to be a great tournament. And we know you're going to... I, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that you win it. And you're going to beat that record of how many days he held it. You're going to beat it, hands down. No issues, no problems. So I guess my first question is, uh, the kind of standard question that everybody asks, when did you fall in love with wrestling? Do you remember the moment you fell in love with wrestling? I apparently watched wrestling with my grandmother. My grandmother's like the sweetest old lady, like the typical grandmother you'd see in a movie. But she loved Macho Man and Savage Elizabeth. So like, I apparently watched WrestleMania 4 with her when I was super young. But I can't remember any of that. But I lived in the boonies and my mom brought home a magazine one day. There was no kids around. I couldn't play with anybody. It was only a child. It was a WWE magazine. I had Stone Cold versus Mike Tyson on the cover. And for WrestleMania 14, I think Sean was on the cover too. Yeah. And uh, I just remember opening up, and I never knew about wrestling. So I got three channels on TV. Like, that's how crazy times have changed by now. That, like, I have a thousand channels on my TV for nine ninety nine a month now. Right. And I had three channels back then on Funny Years. And watching pay-per-views scramble yeah. and everything. Yeah. At my friend's house with a giant satellite dish that we'd have to like adjust. But, Somebody yelling over yeah. the window, left, left, right, right. Yeah. And I, I just got that magazine, and... Uh, I remember it had a chains poster in it, and I put it on my wall. Like I just like, instantly fell in love with wrestling from this magazine. And from there, I went to Jebo Video, and I saw there was a wrestling tape for rent. And I rented that one, and I watched it for four days straight. And then when that had to be returned, I went and I rented the next one. And I just went all the way through. And the first tape I rented was, I think it was WCW Uncensored. So nice. Like Dean Malenko versus Teddy Guerrero was the first match I really saw. That's a pretty amazing match for one of the first yeah, matches. Yeah, that's for sure. Would, would you say that that's... Is that in your top five of your favorite all time, or do you have a favorite match all time that kind of sticks out to you? There's a there's a bunch of like I can't pick a favorite. I love so much stuff. Like I love all different types. Like if you talk about like uh, with the Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat oh, yeah. matches, yeah. You talk about Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three. Stone Cold and Bret Hart at WrestleMania thirteen stands out. It's like one of like my favorites. But like I just like everything. Everything. Yeah. So you you're you're really a connoisseur. You soak up as much knowledge if you can from watching all these guys from how their performances how they told the stories is that what kind of once you fell in love with it did you know when okay this is it for me this is what i want to do with the rest of my life oh no 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 god no i never wanted like i never dreamt of being a professional what was the dream then when you were a kid what was the thing that you wanted to do i didn't have any ambitions whatsoever <laughs> i uh i went to university because my, my parents kind of forced me into it because i was like one of the only kids in my family to graduate high school. That's a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, my family was like, they were all like laborers. 
you know, they drop out in grade eight and get jobs and work their whole lives. Right. You can't do that these days. But like I went to university for business and went there, I was just miserable, I didn't like it. And I discovered that there was uh, I went to a SmackDown show with my friends and somebody gave me a leaflet for UWA hardcore in independent wrestling man. I didn't know independent wrestling existed. By then the internet was just like, you know, Google was a thing and like so I Googled that place and through a message board I found that there was a wrestling school near me and I just I, I still didn't think I could be a wrestler, but I went, paid eighty dollars to get in the ring, and I took a bump within the first two minutes. And from there on, I was there every single day. I just wanted to do this. The physical aspect of it like hooked me way more. I didn't think that when I started training, I didn't think I would ever even have a match. I was just like, I just want to train. And then like I had my first match, and I was like, oh, maybe I could, you know, do this next thing. It was just always throwing a new goal in front of me when I achieved something I thought I never even thought I could. So your trainers were Johnny Devine and uh, Michael Elgin. Am I saying those right? Uh, Johnny Devine's my trainer. Michael Elgin and me, we came up together. I would attribute him with like helping me along the way a lot. But I wouldn't say he's my trainer. trainer. And had, you're having a match with him, or you had a match with him uh, the night before? Or uh, Friday, he gave yeah. this thing two days ago. He gave you the Shiner. Yeah. The shiner, nice. Yeah, That's yeah. where you got the so Shiner. We've, we've wrestled each other like 150 times the last 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> this is just what happens when we wrestle. Because for some reason, when you're friends with a guy, you just... Everything's a little bit harder. Yeah, it's hard to kind of break away that you know you gotta kind of it's kind of like that cliche saying where you gotta okay you gotta drop your you gotta drop your personal at the door now it's business you gotta go in the ring you gotta give it your all and then when you walk out both exhausted you're like hey man yeah. great job you killed it thanks for this though I'm really kind of yeah. a little bit a little bit sincerely pissed off about that well, I, I know if I slug him he's not gonna get really mad at me like, right if you went up to him and hit him he'd be pissed <laughs> <laughs> well I don't I don't hit people I don't like to avoid confrontation especially when everyone around me is. is Way bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you and Ethan Page, you guys are also very tight. Monster Mafia, obviously. Um, we kind of talked about when we did your profile, which uh, was great. It was gave us an in-depth to get here to be ready for the interview. When we did your profile, we shared a clip of uh, you interviewing uh, Miss Altoot, I believe it is. Yeah. And you were talking about how he kind of came up with you kind of coining the walking weapon together. Yeah. Walk us through that, because I love the story you told where it's like, oh, you're the Jason Bourne of wrestling. You can literally do everything. And then walking weapon, I mean, that is, is so few and far, because when you think of Jason Bourne, you think of lethal weapon. But walking weapon means like, I'm going to walk in the ring, and I'm going to hurt you 15 different ways. Yeah. Uh, well, he started wrestling in the States more, and I was doing stuff around here. With that. Like, I was already winning all the belts around here and stuff like that, and I was very fortunate to be able to do that. But... Uh, he had this thing called All Ego that he came out with. He was little t-shirts. It was good like long. I was like, I need something like that. I'm just Josh. Like, you know what I mean? I need a hook. And he came up with that. And it's it's just because, like, when I was wrestling, I was trying to be all these things that people were telling me to be. They're like, oh, go out there and have more charisma. Oh, go out there and be a little bit more flamboyant and do this stuff. And then, like, I was just like, my favorite guys that I gravitate to are like Fit Finn Gabriel, Chris Benoit, like Dynamite Kid, these guys. Just all like, they just got in the ring and they wrestled. And if that wasn't good enough, they would have not like been so successful. Like, it can be good enough to just be a really good wrestler. So I'm just like, fuck it, I'm going to do that. And that, that's what I did. And that's what he's like, your business. And that's why you're the walking microphones. You're all business. Yeah. And like, no matter if it's a cruiserweight, a heavyweight, all these guys, like, I, I could adapt to other people's styles. Like, I'm as fast as a lot of cruiserweights. And, like, I'm not like a little Oscar Ricochet, but like, I can keep up with them. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, so, in terms of all the matches you've had, because you've got so much credentials, I mean, I could list them off, but we already did that during our profile. So much credentials, the amount of gold that you have, that you represent, it's huge. The companies that you carried. What do you say out of all these indie matches that you've had, whether it be title or non-title, which one is one of the matches or maybe two of the matches that stands out to you as like, that's the match where I told the best story of my career so far? That's <clears throat> like a, a tough question. I've had like matches in the past year where me and uh, Kaido Kiyomiya, he's the Noah GHC heavyweight champion now, he wasn't at the time he was here, but we went out and it was Kitchener and for PWA in front of 250 people and like we just had a 45 minute match and like we didn't know we were going to go more than 20 but like everything was just, we worked so well together and had this chemistry and by the end of it it just looked like, it felt and looked like you knew that like it was a competitive match. Like, the entire way, and the whole crowd was going through the lines. Where when the finish happened, you know when they leave their seats, like, they were invested in it. But that would be the one that stands out. Like, it told the story for 45 minutes, and it was just 
Yeah. Well, every match we've seen you in thus far, you've told a story like that and more for 40 minutes. I mean, we were here when you were anointed the interim Destiny Wrestling Champion against Loki and Aiden Prince, that triple threat match. We sat two rows, Steve and I from the front, and we were in awe of everything that you do because being fans of this business, sharing the same passion as you do, we're all about great story men. We're all about men who can go in the ring and tell a story in, in 12 different ways. And that night, when you won that match, and we were actually honored enough to be one of the guys in the front banging on that ring with that shot of you holding the title, I felt the emotion you felt. Yeah. I felt I felt everything you felt. I mean, I didn't literally feel it because I know you probably had welts and you were sore to crap after that. But man, what a way to get anointed. Talk me, talk me through that moment when all the fans were around the ring and they were banging on the ring like you deserve it. Talk me through that. How did you feel at that moment? You see, like, okay, I lived my whole life. I'm, I don't know that I was being bullied my entire life or something, but, like, I don't have emotion. Like, I don't show it very often. Like, I didn't cry for, like, eight years. Then I had my son, and now I cry for everything. Yeah, I'm a weeper too, man. I'm right it's, there with you. saying insane. Like, commercials will come on, and I'll be like, hey, well, I have two daughters at home. Any dad daughter commercial, any dad daughter moment. Yeah, I I bust a gut. Yeah, the, the, the second he was born, it just changed something, man. Like stuff like that, like winning championships and stuff. It doesn't get me choked up. It's like, but like having people like believe in me and like support me and do all this stuff, stuff like I, as I said, I never thought I would be able to do or imagine possible. It just happens, and it's just like it's a different time to happen. You know what I mean? Like it's just like. I wouldn't say contending because that doesn't seem big enough. It's just yeah. It seems to me like you're 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 just taking everything as it comes, specifically because of um, what we wanted to talk to you about, which was uh, the main focal point of what we want to talk to you about, which was the letter that yeah. you had written. Of the fact that if if you can really, I was gonna I was gonna actually segue into it, but if you can actually take us through that, if you can actually even take us through that, just the the whole. Everything that went into writing that letter to what made the change of I'm now I'm going from this to no I'm this I'm becoming the walking weapon. Well, the letter it was like uh, there was a fair bit of frustration in my life around that time because the guy had been wrestling for a lot and lots and stuff like that. There was talks, there was signings, and like, signings was all I wanted because I didn't want any borders problems. Like I knew if I got signed, like I know that if I get into the states legally and I can work there, I can be a top guy, no problem. 100%. I, I know that, but like, there was just this thing that kept, like, I've had rugs pulled out from under me all over, it be at the border or some stupid situation with, like, my contract getting, like, lost for two weeks and then, like, something not happening. Like, it's just, it's, you're victim of circumstances. So, like, that stuff would eat me up before, whereas now, like, I've all been on it, just, like, I've taken as a moment. But uh, the letter, I took, like, two weeks to write that. I knew I was going to drop it off for me and announce it off the board. And I wanted to make sure that A, it was like everything was for me at the time. And B, I didn't hold back on like saying anything. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, like, I wouldn't say I regret saying some stuff I said in the letter, but like it's definitely the realest thing we've written for that time. Right? 100%. When we read it, we read it during when we did your profile, we read it. And we ourselves, again, we, we felt everything you were feeling. And some of the comments that we got after were. I'm so happy that he didn't hang up. I'm so happy that he was able to come back and able to fight through it and able to get, get it safely. Yeah. Because when you have that situation happen to you, when you're staring down the barrel of, of an inevitability like that, you got to wonder. You you must have had a million and one what-ifs. When a doctor, one doctor saying, no, it, it can't happen again. You're lucky to be walking. Yeah. Another doctor saying, well, you can do it, but you've got to be restricted. To one doctor saying, if I were you, I wouldn't even step in a ring or near a ring again. Yeah. So with all those variables and you had plus, I believe you just had had your son at that time. Yeah. So you you had all these emotions. Now you got now it's like you got this life that's more important than anything else, and you've got to make sure you provide for him and keep him safe and all that stuff. And you also want to be around and watch him grow. Yeah. So with all these things hanging on the line, like talk me through what what was as it took you two weeks to write that letter. You you must have felt almost every stage that you possibly could. You know they have to say they have the seven stages of grieving. You must have literally felt all those stages. And in that letter, I could feel all those stages. I was, I was numb, to be honest. I was just like, where you don't feel anything. But like, you try to be positive, and you try to like, you try to say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be fine with all this and all this other stuff. Like, the reality is, at that point, I've been wrestling for, I think it was like eight or nine years, I think. I think it was four or five years. 
Yeah, you debuted in 2006. Five. So, five. Sorry? Oh, man. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I listened to the, gonna yeah, hit there me. was a bunch of stuff that was wrong. It was like, you've had 562 matches. Like, I've had over a thousand matches. You just don't know where I've wrestled like, this. Well, like I said, when I did your profile, I said that we had to yeah. comb through a lot of the crap to get to the real, the honest yeah. truth of it all. No, I know. <laughs> but, like, it's just funny how, like, cage side seats or whatever, this, me, is this, and all these things. Honestly, I'm glad you get to clear the air on all that. Because, like, you're literally, we're, we were reading it and going, like, okay, it's that, that seems like a lot. Like, it's 562 matches, but I'm just like, wow, you really have had over, like, a thousand matches. Yeah, like, my first year, I, I had over 100. It was my goal. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, like, none would be the way, but, like, I, I sacrifice everything to be a professional wrestler. Like, I've passed up jobs and careers where by now I'd be making 150k a year and I'd be, like, cushy and be the commander or something like that. Yeah. Or, like, an electrician, I don't know, a company and do all this stuff. I've passed up so many opportunities for that because, oh, you want to give me Fridays off? Because I'll be able to get to a show? Wrestling makes me happy. Wrestling is, like, my, my obsession. Like, people want to say it's a mistress, all this other stuff, but it's more than that. Like, wrestling is right up there with, like, it just it fulfills me. So like thinking I was gonna lose it was brutal. Like for somebody who like had, like a family member passes away and stuff, if it's like old age or something, just like yeah, like, people die, like you know what I mean? Like it's upsetting. I miss them, but like I can't get upset about it. Like too upset about it. But, like, you know what I mean? Like not to sound cold or crass, but like it was just like everything was taken away from me. Like I tried to be really positive and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, and then once I had surgery, it was much different. I got the answers that it wasn't serious. It was a completely different bag of emotions. Right. Because it was like, I can wrestle now, but I just told everybody I can't for three months. And had a whole retirement tour and a retirement match. And like, everybody's just really pissed about that. I think I was lying to them the whole time. Yeah, but everybody knows that doctors never, it's never 100%. We all know this. I learned that loud and clear with that. I was just like, I'm never listening to a doctor again. Like, I'll go get two and three opinions before I do anything. It's like, it's just, just best guess. Like, you go to school for 10 years, and you're just like, yeah, I think it's this. Or they say, I know it's this, and then something happens, and you're just like, no, nah, it wasn't that. Yeah. And they hate you, civilian, trying to tell them that, you, that this is what it is, but it's like, no, you're not a doctor, so you're not allowed to say that. You're yeah. not allowed. <laughs> I just woke up, and there was no neck brace on, and I'm just like, a nurse, what's going on? Oh, you have to wait for the surgeon. What's the surgeon going? Ah, sometimes tomorrow. Cool. Just lay in this bed, not moving. Just like, what? I'm like, yeah, he told me, and I didn't tell anybody for six months, and I finally told Ethan Page. I was like, yeah, this is what actually happened. He's like, I'll come back. I was like, he's like, I'm a real, like, in real life, I'm a real self-conscious guy. I was bullied my whole life. And that's why, like, I'm quiet. Like, people want to say, like, whatever they get, like, I'm intimidated and all this stuff. I just, I'm not listening. I'm a watcher. Like, I just watch people interact before I let them into my circle. You know what I mean? But, like, that's how I grew up. So, like, I, I was just worried about how people would react to me, especially in like, today's day and age of wrestling. Like, you can do anything, kind of people just want to jump all over you sometimes. I just don't want to do that. It was just a weird bag of emotions. Finally, when I came back, it took like two or three months after coming back to me to really feel like, okay, I'm back into this. So, I guess our, our last question would be because, like I said, we all know you got a big night ahead of it, and we're going to loop this in with our review of the event tonight, which we know is going to be stellar. Yep. But where you are now, where you were, where does Josh Alexander see Josh Alexander in the future? I uh, will be making a living doing this one way or another. Like right now, I pretty much make money doing it, but I suck and can. But like, one way or another, I'll be working for a major company. It's just a matter of time. Right place, right time in this business. And tonight, I get a personal opportunity to set the ring with somebody that's contracted with WWE and show that I can hang with him. I've been doing this for 13 years. Like, it's not like an ego thing, but like, I'm very confident in my ability to wrestle with anything. Like, I don't get nervous anymore. I just know that this is what I do, and this is what I dedicated my life to. So it's going to happen one way or another. And if it doesn't, I'm happy doing this. This is great. It's amazing. But, like, that's my next goal. That's the only goal that I can have left. Well, we can definitely say 100% that we definitely see that for you in the next, whatever, in the next year, two years, whatever it is that you've been saying it nonstop ever since the first time we saw you in the ring. It was just like, this guy 
is going to be, and you don't say it, it's, it's very few and far between that you come across that in this, in this day and age that you can absolutely see someone that for sure is going to be that top guy. Yeah, I mean, you're the whole package to us, and it's not it's not we're, because you're on our show, we're kissing your butt. You took the time out for us, and we appreciate that. And we're here to be as honest and as candid with all the wrestlers we interview to all the fans we have all over. Yep, so and yeah, the, the fact is, is that if you, you don't mean it. Like, yeah, really, there's no point. Yeah, you are the you are the complete yeah. and other embodiment, and we couldn't be more prouder to be Canadian, to have you representing Canadian strong style to the fullest. I mean, British strong style, yeah, it's cool. You know, Japanese strong style, yeah, it's all right. Whatever WWE's doing, right now they're changing their game. I I hope that maybe this whole rumor of AWE and all these things that are happening, I hope that lights a fire under Vince McMahon because we know what happens when he has competition. But all I'm looking forward to is seeing where you go and where you take. And for us to say that, hey, we had him here before he blew up because we knew. We knew before anybody else did what this guy was capable of. And with, of course, with Ring of Honor, AEW, you know, this, that, and the rest of it, it's not all in with WWE, and that's the only thing there is. There's tons of potential, tons of opportunities, and straight up, I'm just really looking forward to seeing where you're going to go from here, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out. you got to get ready for your match tonight. I'm putting it on the record right now, and if he hears me, I'm okay with it. I hope you beat the crap out of Pete Dunne, and you become the, the, the full-out Destiny champion, because you damn well deserve it. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Josh Alexander, The Walking Weapon. That's it for this episode of Straight Talk Wrestling. Again, we're so honored to have you here. And um, after we do this interview, I'm going to let out. I never back down from a challenge. If we can, if you take a minute, I want to take a chop. I want to take a Walking Weapon chop. I'll do it behind closed doors. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, behind closed doors. I'll do it. I'll do it for show. I want to take a chop. I want to say I've done it. Just don't sue me. No, no. No, no. Complete complete waiver of liability. Complete waiver of liability. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Catch us every Wednesday at 7.30 on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. Wrestling!